The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills and as we are here in the off season, you know I like to bring in different guests to the show now and then. Um, I'm proud to have with me today. He's the host of the Red, White, and Buffalo Blues podcast. You probably follow him on Twitter at UK Bills. It's Matt Swain. Matt, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me, Anthony. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate the podcast and the work that you do and always getting your perspective, right? I mean, I think we know all the time and we hear about that Oh, the Bills have a, a worldwide fan base, but the podcast that you do, uh, you know, every few weeks as it comes out and every week during the season obviously gives a great perspective for fans. Why don't you tell us a little bit first, I guess, how you got started with the pod? I think that would be a great place to start. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's, um, it's probably about for last ep- first episode um, last April, I think it was about a year in the making. Um, just obviously I run the UK Bills fan fan group backers group over over here in the UK so I thought there'd be a way to try and broaden our views a little bit get our point of views over a lot more than just a simple tweet a simple Facebook message or a blog anything like that and actually just get to allow the listeners to hear the real uh, the real fans themselves and actually what our opinions are I mean I'm lucky with my podcast that I have Alex my co-host who is actually from Buffalo. So we've got that nice, unique, unique blend, him giving me all the hometown stuff, me giving off their opinions, and we work really well. And we're on our about 68th episode coming up, and it's um, it's going great, and I love every single minute of it. Well, and I've enjoyed your podcast as well. Kind of discovered it a few months ago and was lucky enough for you guys to have me on the pod after the draft to talk about everything that the Bills had done. Before we talk about the current state of the Bills, though, mm-hmm. I mean, how for yourself, being in the UK, how did you become a Buffalo Bills fan? Uh, for me, it was – I was there from 99, just after the um, the game that I had been told never to mention. <laughs> <laughs> But um, at, at the time, it was more on and off. Um, but then I got really into it, middle of the um, noughts, about 2004, when I really got start digging deep into it. When I was at Union Mates, we'd watch the Super Bowl and I always had that thing with the Bills going on. So I always followed them wherever, wherever they go. And then 
about 2013, 2014. It was um, a case that a load of us on a on a website, NFL UK, on a forum, just started to get together, get a group together. And since about 2015, 16, I started taking over and trying to grow from trying to grow the the uh, the group all the way. Tell me a little bit more about the group, right? I, I mean, many of us, right? You participate in different Bills backers groups around around the states, and you see that. And you know, of course, the fandom in Buffalo is expected. But when you get around the country, but what type of a turnout do you have for games and with the UK Bills backers? Uh, with us, we're obviously we're all over the country, so we have um, of Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and we could be all bred up and down the country. I think. We've been trying to get a fair few meetups going, but the only issue that most people know, or UK Bills fans will know, is just the location. We had a gathering for the playoff game against the Texans in January, which was well received, and just getting loads and loads more people coming up to me and saying, can we get another um, meetup and just trying to grow the group? I think when the Bills came over in 2005, 15 i think that's where we really started to get the boom because we hosted a a bus tour of london and a pre-game party on the saturday night before the game it was well received so it's something that we're working on as a um, as a group i've got a few trusted admins with me to actually um try and help us grow but we're hoping to add a lot more meats and i know that slowly we can gradually get this um get the fan base growing you know, and I'll have you include all of this at the end of our, our interview here today. But if people want more information, if they want to find you, where should they go? Because I imagine some that are listening uh, might want that information. Yeah, predominantly we're on um, we're on Twitter. It's um, at UK underscore Bills is the main Twitter. And if people want to listen to our um, our podcast, it is at RWBB underscore pod. So that's our um our red, white, and buffalo blues podcast. We'll hopefully get another um another episode in within the next week, which is going to be quite good. It gives us a lot of time to actually to plan it and make sure that we can provide these good um good quality uh, episodes for everyone. So Matt, let me ask you a question now as we start to look forward to this season. And I know <laughs> that you and Alex talked about it on the pod a little while ago. Um, of course, there's always the talk around the primetime games when the schedule yeah. comes out. Fans are excited if, oh, you know, Monday night football, Thursday night football, you know, Sunday night games, all of these things was as Bills fans, right, where you think to yourself, okay, we're, we're at the point where we're good enough now that, you know, we want to be featured in primetime and that's fantastic. Now, of course, with that comes is, is again, right, oh my gosh, these games, they get done around midnight or whatever it may be and I'm complaining about it, but for the... <laughs> For your situation, where you have the game starting at one o'clock in the morning, what kind of struggle is that for uh, for the fans in the in the UK and part of the group? Um, to be honest, I think most people actually. I shouldn't be saying this on the uh, live one now. I think most people throw a inverted sicky uh, for the uh, for the following day because um, usually the games won't finish till about quarter past four. Sometimes even um, five o'clock, depending obviously if it, if it ever went to overtime or anything like that. But the struggles, the struggle is real. They obviously everyone's been up probably up since about seven eight a.m. in the morning, waiting all that time. But it's all the all the enjoyment of the actual having the bills actually starting to become 
more prominent, featuring more prime time, that most of our followers are actually um, they're super pumped and probably high on uh, on Red Bull or anything like that to actually get them through the <laughs> yeah, get them through the game. To be honest. You know, something that you mentioned before, right? The the Bills coming over and playing in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFL's commitment to the to the UK, right? And and having games on an annual basis. Yeah. Uh, again, right? As a as a showcase even in the preseason. I mean, have you seen this as something where it's like, listen, there has truly been um a growing fandom, right? Not just for the Bills, but the NFL as a whole. Like, at least from your perspective, do you look at something like this and say yeah, this is having a, a, a positive effect on on really what the uh, growth of the NFL brand, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I go, I, I chat to a load of other um, NFL-based fan clubs that are actually based in, in the UK, like the Green Bay Packers, um, Kansas City Chiefs and all that. And you can see from the amount of interactions, the amount of followers and all the, obviously all the publicity, especially in the Chiefs case with the latest with the Super Bowl win that the fan base has grown grown a lot and obviously with the with the tickets when Wembley games and games at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium come out you can see that they're all sold out so quickly it's actually showing that the game's actually growing quite a lot so we're hoping that we can actually uh, jump on that um, jump on and get everyone uh, enjoying it a lot more that's great now, listen, I visited your Twitter profile, right, just to, to see some of the latest stuff you had going on. Uh, obviously, I follow you on Twitter, and we, we interact from time to time. But I did notice you had already changed your uh, your profile picture, or your header picture, I guess you should, could say, yeah. of all the Buffalo Bills getting together in Florida for their own you know, makeshift workout. And I was just curious, you know, again, with the pandemic taking place across the world and everything that we've seen, um, obviously, as you made that change with the photo, just uh, what were your thoughts from the, the different video clips and footage that you saw from that taking place as, you know, Josh Allen and the other quarterbacks, but really the entire offense coming together? I think it's, I think it's good. I mean, obviously, obviously in, in the United States, each state, I guess, has their own different... Um, rules regarding coming out of lockdown and social distancing and and all that but i'm actually th- i actually do like it because it's obviously showing that the guys do want to get to know each other before training camp get those um get those reps in just get just working on on the banter on the team building and bonding ready to go for training camp i think looking at it i think it's good to see that everyone's working together, everyone's having a laugh, and knowing they just want to get the Bills up, up to the playoffs and ultimately Super Bowl. Well, and as you talk about that too, I'm I'm curious to get your impression just as it as it relates to Josh Allen, right? <clears throat> I mean, any any Buffalo Bills podcast with a guest, I think I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to get their thoughts on Josh Allen and his development, right? That took place from year one to year two, but yeah. really the expectations heading into his third year. I mean, from that standpoint. You know, curious to get your thoughts again as you you look at him, the development that he's made, but but really your expectations heading into year three. Yeah, I mean, obviously the expectations now are really for him to actually push on a lot more. I mean, I've I've seen loads of criticism. We have a little Facebook group chat for anyone that's in the Facebook group, and there are a few people on there that want to just knock him down at every every stage, regardless of whether it's fault or not, but. It's, you're getting a guy that's come from a college from Wyoming. Who, okay, they're not not the biggest um, 
biggest college powerhouse team. But you can see every way through going forward that he's making those mini adjustments which then roll over each year. I think the continuity they've had with um, Brian Dable and obviously now going into it, the um, the offensive line staying the same, we hopefully can see a lot more um, lot more improvement from him. I mean, his intermediates up to 19 yards, probably one of the best in the leagues. It's just now seeing if he can make that adjustment from footwork perspective and mechanics to actually hit the one or two deep balls and actually make sure that he can get stats closer to the 300 game. But I think I think with me, at the moment, I don't care if he's not getting those 300 games as long as he's putting the team in the position to win. So, I mean, 300 plus yards per game is, is great. But if he can do that with a combined passing and running and actually getting the team in a position that they can score more points, I'm happy down that line. I always have been with with that approach. I'll tell you, when it comes to the 300-yard passing game, from my perspective, I hope he just does it in the first game of the season yeah. so people can stop talking about it. Yeah. Because it's always one of those pieces, even as I look back to last year, right? I mean, listen, the team goes 10-6, and six, you know, could have gone 11 and five, right? Maybe if they had to against the Jets in week 17, but it just would seem like there was this underlying narrative the entire season of just when's the 300 yard passing game coming. Yeah. And trust me, while I would, I'd love to see him throw for, you know, 400 yards passing in a game. But with that said, it's just a little bit of a, I don't know, it was a little bit of a tired narrative for me because you're just talking about something statistically where does that, does that really matter? Right. Mm. If you're if you're a running back or wide receiver and you're consistently, you know, rushing or receiving for 80, 85 yards a week, no one's going to sit there and say, well, when is Devin Singletary going to break out for a hundred yard game or when is John Brown going to, you know, have a hundred yards receiving? It's it's just one of those pieces where I've always thought it ties in more to fantasy football and yeah. some of the stats that go with that than than a piece to to your point that you know, is, is it putting the team in a position to win? If, if it is, then that would be one thing, but obviously the team had success, you know, last year. And I don't know, just a, a narrative that I, yeah. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, everyone, everyone to say, you say loves the 300, um, loves the 300 game. And once on the start, they're comparing him to obviously Sam Darnold. Um, was it Drew Locke as well, Daniel Jones, them all throwing those games. But it's all about the supporting cast at the end of the day. And, and say, I'd rather have, have say, five, three or four 19-yard passes actually getting us closer and closer and then having Singletary run it in than actually have them bombing every single time for 30-plus for yards where you've got that chance that it's going to be intercepted or in, incomplete and it's going to set you back down. So I'd rather I'd rather go the progressive route, open up the playbook, and obviously keep the um, keep the possession. Well, and obviously a piece that help should help with the progression for Josh Allen and the mm. entire Bills offense, uh, right? The trade for Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, I know we're talking back a couple of months now, but as you you know think about when you heard that news, what was your reaction there, and what kind of impact do you think he'll have with the team? Uh, initial reactions, I was actually, um, I think my jaw hit the floor about uh, a couple of times, actually just reading, reading about it. But 
I think is a really good, really good addition. I think it's going to open up the game a lot more because you've got you've got Cole Beasley who can work the slot. He's very shifty in his um in his route running. You've got John Brown. He can he can move. He can actually um blow the lid off the top if necessary. And then you've got Diggs who pretty much is the same as John Brown. So you've got those three good receiving ob- um objects. No, not objects. <laughs> um, <laughs> positions and players, but. I think I think when the news first came out, I know I had so many people seeing saying that we paid over the odds for him. But in reality, and I've said it, when you look at what they gave up for for Diggs, you're moving up to you could potentially move up to 17th in the in the draft just gone, and right. that may not have been enough. That may have just been enough to to get one of the um one of the top three receivers coming out of the group, but. I think with Digson involved, I think it's going to open up a lot more of the game because you're going to have you're going to have him potentially double covered. You could have and then I'll leave Smoke, you'll leave Beasley, Dawson Knox, whoever the wide receivers are on the play at the time, allow them to be a bit more open and obviously give Josh a lot more time because he knows that he's got if his first option is not there, he'll have two or three extra that are going to be in single coverage. Well, and as you talk about it too, right? And, and initially, the thoughts were heading into the draft, right? Like what, or heading into free agency before the trade took place. Hey, how far would the Bills have to move up if they wanted to get one of those top wide receivers? And as you look at it, even from that standpoint, regardless of what the cost was and moving up from that standpoint, you know, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, all very talented wide receivers, but in no way are any of these guys a sure thing. Right. I mean, mm. you can look at the the level of success that they had in college, and that probably ties more to Judy and Lamb, right? As as Ruggs is a bit underutilized at Alabama. But think to yourself, you know, nothing is a sure thing when it comes in with a rookie wide receiver, where you take someone like Stefan Diggs and, and to say someone is a sure thing, it can always be a bit of a stretch. But here is someone with the proven track record in the NFL with you know mediocre-ish quarterbacks, right? When you think of guys like Case Keenum that he's worked with, Kirk Cousins, of course, better, you know, than that standpoint. But, you know, as you look at it, Diggs can can come in and deliver right away from day one and certainly something that the Bills offense needs. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you look, it looks, it's obviously showing the being a McDermott in the let's get, let's push on now. We're in, we're coming into or coming up to the, um, the window and all that. And with, Rugs, Judy, C. Lamb. Are you re- the idea is are you expecting them to come in straight away first first season get close to a thousand yards or over a thousand yards and actually really help the really help the def- the offense out and the team out? But as you say, with Diggs, he's come in. He's what, four five. He's into his fifth year in the NFL. He's he's been successful at the top. He's actually um, had those thousand yard games, led the league in so many. Um, categories in the last few years that it really now gives Josh Allen that building block and that extra piece potentially that final piece maybe to actually start pushing on and putting everything's worked on in the um in the years since he's been drafted to um to good effect and maximize the um the talent available 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, another piece that the Bills added on offense, Zach Moss with their third round pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Um, While Frank Gore got off to a good start in the 2019 season, uh, saw that he was not that same player right down the Mm. down the stretch and the team really seemed to struggle with that complimentary back for Devin Singletary. I guess heading into the draft, right, there were many of us that were even saying, hey, if the team takes a running back in, in round two or round three, you know, there's a bunch of guys that they can target. Where did you fall in when it, I guess, came to that? And, and how much of an impact, I guess, do you see Zach having in his first year in Buffalo? Uh, I'm, I think I mentioned previously on, on our po- on our podcast that uh, I was actually a big fan of Zach Moss. I mean, obviously his injury last year really set him back a little bit, but I'm glad that we picked him up um, this year because he's, he's a strong runner. He can actually um, he gives that option out the backfield. I mean, during the whole process, I've always said to myself in all draft processes, I've always said to myself, you go four four to seven really is your ideal range to actually um, pick up a running back because they're never they're always so many good ones with different abilities all the way through to get premium players in one, two or three that come make that impact, especially if you have your starting running back already, is probably is probably where you're looking at for it. I mean, I was big fan of um of DJ Dallas from, from Miami. I really wanted him to come out, um the Bills target him, but obviously he went round four, round five. But with Zach Moss it's you're getting a guy who can run hard. He can actually um he does have that little bit of um elusiveness in him and it will actually make a really good complimentary to Singletary and having them both on there will keep the defenses guessing and you wouldn't have to adjust the playbook and the plays that much because they're pretty much a similar type of um similar type of back, just Zach Moss gives you a little bit more in the receiving game at the moment, not saying that um, Devin Singletary will not, but obviously Zach Moss is more of a polished out of the two of them um, as a receiver. All right. Now, listen, before we do wrap up, I've got five questions I'm going to hit you with. Okay. I did not give Matt these questions in advance, Ryan, because <laughs> I just wanted to get his his initial reaction and you know, not where you take that time to overthink things too much. So we'll go through these now. The first question for you is, will Christian Wade ever make the Bills 53-man roster? Yes. Really? All right. Tell me a little bit on, you know, he's always a hot button topic i think for for fans on the site and that listen to the different podcasts um tell me a little bit your thoughts there as it comes to him and his opportunity to make the team well the fact that obviously he's got he's got the inter um, the development squad whether it be the 53 this year or or next year i do believe he will he can get onto that i mean when his rugby days he was very elusive he's had that speed and he showed some of it off in the um in the couple of touches he had um, last preseason, but it's it's the case he's now got that full year under his belt on even on practice squad, learning a lot more and actually reading up on best protection and all that. I think next year or 
this coming um, season, we could see a little bit more on there. I'm hoping that if he does make it, it'll be primarily, they'll actually, hopefully, what I want him to, get him started on kick returns and um, and punt returns, making it there, and then maybe in that odd um, relief back every um, every so often. But we've always been high on him. We, we love him over here. We've been trying to get him for ages to come on the... Um, on the podcast, uh, but I think there is a there is a small chance that he can actually make that um, make that breakthrough, and I'll probably get uh, hammered for it now. But I will stick by that that within the next um, this season or next season, hopefully, he should be on the fifty um, three man roster. But I don't think you'll get hammered for it. I mean, I think there's many fans that are so optimistic about him and the two runs that stand out from the twenty nineteen preseason. <laughs> I think right give kind of a fuel to that that you know that theory and from that standpoint right for for so many Bills fans it's just been easy to say well you know he he played rugby his entire life he's got to learn the game it's you know talk about a learning curve this and that but um there's certainly a sense of optimism so I don't expect you to get hammered there so this this next one though might set you up to to take a little bit of a beating because you have to pick just one you can only extend one of these two players, Matt Milano or Deion Dawkins. Who do you sign? Oh, okay, yes. Um, <laughs> damn it. I would probably say I'll probably say Matt Milano. I was a, I was a massive fan of his um, when he came out, and I just think he gives you what you need on that defense. Him and him and Edmonds will make a good team, and Milano's had that experience back in early college and high school ways actually done a bit of um bit of coverage bit of safety work and everyone knows it's hard well probably not hard anymore but it's harder to try and find that um linebacker that can do all three all three spots or not all three spots all three um stages to stop in the run pass and obviously coverage and milano offers you that greater greater experience and if you say for example um we use Voshan Joseph, um, or even some of the guys that have come out this year. Even if, even though he's had that experience, you can clearly see that what he brings at the table, the intensity, and and the way he can actually lock down tight ends as a really good drawing board for that defense. And him and Edmonds could form that defense for the next five, five, six years. I mean, and draft wise, you can get. A decent tackle, a decent left tackle out from from draft, even three agency. But I would probably say Milano over Dawkins. It's always such an unfair question, right? Just for <laughs> so many fans, it's like, well, heck, how come we just can't sign both? Or if you you know yeah. you cut this guy and you cut that guy, you roll over this money. But you know, I think it's always just a difference in philosophy for us, right? Mm. Like. Yeah, if you had to pick one, which direction do you go? So, all right. So the next three, I'm going to ask you for a candidate for the 2020 squad to to win these three awards, right? Okay. The first one is the the dark horse MVP, right? You can't pick Josh Allen in this type of situation. That's too easy of a of a pick. But you know, somebody that just wouldn't be that that obvious name that you would look at and say could could be the dark horse MVP for the Bills in 2020. Whew. I think. Oh, cool. Can I do offense, defense, or just have to choose one person? No, you can do two if you want. Okay. Offense, I'm actually going to say um, Gabriel Davis. I think he can come in for it'll be a 
come in as a fourth, learn a little bit more, and on those on certain sets, I think he's got the physicality and the speed to actually make a um, make a difference and make a few more plays in there. Um, defense, I am going to say Saron Neal. I think with him, you've That's- got you, you can he can play inside, outside. I think he's had a few um, spells as the um, as the big nickel Buffalo nickel on there. And I think what they've seen of him and how much I've heard people talk about him, like him, I think he's really a candidate there for for breakout and dark horse candidate on that defense. Well, those are two obviously good choices that uh, that fit the criteria, right, of being a dark horse MVP from that standpoint. And Saran Nila, he is going to be an interesting one, right, because he is. Mm. Uh, does have some flexibility in what he can do. And right when you talk about the Buffalo nickel or the big nickel, and that's become much more of a, a phrase being used at this time, even with Sean McDermott making some some changes to his staff, having a nickel coach, uh, they really didn't do anything in the draft to to address a big nickel, right? Where they talked about players like a Jeremy Chin or a Kyle Duggar. But, you know, Saran Neal would be probably the most likely candidate to fill that mm. spot for the team. So So I think that's a good one. Um, if you had to look at someone and to identify them as, you know, kind of your choice to be the most improved player on the team this year, I think there's enough candidates that, you know, you can think of that can make that next step. Um, maybe they're early in their career, or, you know, even someone that just having a, a revitalization um, in joining the Buffalo Bills. But who do you look at from that standpoint? Um, for me, it's going to be Dawson Knox. I think first year of C being thrust into the to start and roll, obviously due to Tyler Croft's um, injury, he's shown glimpses on there. But I think he can be that. Um, he can be that guy. He's got that year's experience under his belt now. He knows the environment, and I can see him breaking out and actually taking advantage of the fact that on the outside, on certain plays, he will have Beasley, he will have Diggs, and he will have um, Brown to take away coverage to allow him to flourish under the um, through the middle. Well, that's obviously a great choice, and I think will be one for many Bills fans. Last question I have for you. <laughs> you have to buy a jersey of one current Buffalo Bill, but it cannot be a starter. Which jersey do you buy? Cannot be a starter. Ooh. Okay, that's definitely stumped me now. Um, See, I, th- I thought this was going to be an easy one for you, but I, I, I guess not, based on one of your earlier responses to a question I had for you, but yeah. I thought uh, I thought for sure Christian Wade was just going to roll off the tongue for you. Uh, he would be. He would be. <laughs> Obviously, we'll, we'll put that if he made the 53, then yeah, it would definitely be okay. uh, Christian Wade. No, he would definitely be one of them. I mean, if we're talking actual, um, actual players actually on the – that would potentially be on the 53-man roster on there, I would probably say um, – I'll probably say Saran Neal. So Saran Neal and um, Christian Wade. But if I choose one, obviously, being British, it should be Christian Wade. But Saran Neal would be another um, another choice for me. Now, again, great great picks for you. And uh, it's not easy when I put you on the spot with that. Yeah. You're the first one that I ran through this gauntlet of questions. So I think you did a pretty good job under the circumstances. I, I've done it a few times to, um, to other guests on my podcast. So now I know what they feel like. <laughs> 
Well, I was on with Joe Marino last week for Locked On Bills, where it's kind of this, you know, he'll put a, a name out there and you have to give your first initial reaction. And, uh, you know, you're thinking to yourself, okay, what's he going to come at me with this and that? And the first name he came to me with was Alex Van Pelt. And I was just like, you know, Joe, you can start things with a little bit of a softball here, right? You don't have to go yeah. to the uh, the backup quarterback from two decades ago and and ask what my initial thoughts are there. But yeah. it's always fun. It's always good to uh, to have this type of discussion and and obviously to catch up with you. As I, I said before, I, I enjoy the podcast that you and Alex do. Why don't you again? I know we talked about it earlier. Let make sure everybody knows where they can find you, where they can find the podcast, so they can check out the great things you guys do. Yeah, if, um, it's the Red, White and Buffalo Blues. Uh, you can find us at um, RWBB underscore um, podcast. Uh, we've got, hopefully this week, me and Alex are working on a on a nice little segment, a nice little episode to drop probably a week today on the um, how the evolution of the wide receivers from um, from when McBean, McBean and McDermott actually um, joined join the bills uh follow our main twitter which is um at uk underscore bills if you do want to get in our um facebook group we are at buffalo bills uk and we do have an instagram but we're not as active on there at the moment but it'll be um uk underscore bills Matt, it was great catching up with you today. I appreciate you spending some time with us and look forward to that future podcast and and obviously all the great work that you guys continue to do. Uh, For all you Bills fans out there, make sure you check out Matt and the Red, White, and Buffalo Blues podcast. And of course, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get all the great podcasts here at buffalorumblings.com, including Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Believe, Circling the Wagons, and the Nick and Nolan Show. And of course, Blitz Bills as well. So we appreciate you guys always tuning in. Thanks for listening and go Bills.